You're listening to Work Your Mommy, where the goal is for all women to be the best versions of themselves. And if you happen to be a mom, be the best mom ever and maintain your sanity while you do it. All right, ladies. So today I'm going to be talking about something that is definitely on the minds of all of us, I think, just due to the pandemic, because we are all using Zoom a lot more. I know for me, I am on Zoom calls every day of the week now that I think about it. Um, And some of those Zoom calls are quite large. I have um, one meeting that I do twice per week that has over 100 people on it. So Zoom fatigue can definitely be something that we're all experiencing just again due to the pandemic it's kind of like the safest way to communicate nowadays but it is tiring it is draining and I kind of wanted to know why so first of all let me just give you like the definition of zoom fatigue Zoom fatigue is basically feeling exhausted, anxious, stressed, um, even having headaches and confusion from using Zoom or any type of um, video-based conferencing software and that, you know, WhatsApp has it, Instagram, you know, all those, you know, you could do web and video conferencing and things like that. So basically what we're finding is that a lot of people are just becoming exhausted with it, um, which is kind of unfortunate. And even for myself, this is something I I have experienced because like I said, it really is the safest way to communicate, although it can be, let's be honest and truthful, it can be stressful and it can also be um, draining and tiring as well. So in this episode, I'm going to give you five reasons for Zoom fatigue. And these are ones that I have kind of um, not only just, you know, looked up some things that other people had to say, but I also kind of did some research into just basic human psychology and how we are actually designed to communicate with each other. The way we communicate is a beautiful art. You know, there's a balance to it. There's a rhythm to it. And it's not just the words that we say. It includes the body language and lots of nonverbal cues that happen on a moment's notice that our brains do. And those things together make for a conversation or and, and everything, a dialogue. So Yeah, I want to kind of understand all of that and then apply that information to Zoom in particular to figure out like what are the five reasons that we are all feeling this way. So now that we got the definition, let me go ahead and share with you five reasons for Zoom fatigue, which I'm sure you have also experienced. So number one reason, okay, is there is no introductory touching prior to the communication. Now, what does that mean? What am I actually saying? So what I'm saying is, let's think about this. In normal communication prior to the pandemic, when you would greet someone you don't know, let's say like at a meeting or you know maybe it's a work function or whatever, and the first thing you would do would be to extend your hand for a handshake. And if it's someone that you know and love, it would be to give them a hug. Hey, how are you? Now let's have a conversation. Hey, how are you? Handshake. Now let's have a conversation. So that's typically the way it works. And that is actually something that is so key 
to our just basic human nature. It's we need that physical touch, just a little tidbit of physical touch before we actually begin talking with someone. And to illustrate the point, have you ever like been in a meeting, let's say maybe you're meeting with a client at work in a conference room, and maybe there's, you know, a couple of you there. And the client walks in and just says, hi, how are you, everyone? And then just sits down and starts talking without actually shaking anyone's hand. Hmm, doesn't feel right, right? You're just like, oh, then you're a little awkward for the rest of the meeting. You're just like, what's up with this person? Like, they didn't even shake my hand, you know? So it's just a little bit weird. So to me, this is very interesting because it highlights a very um, intricate part of our daily communication, normal daily communication, I should say, that we really don't even think about. Isn't that amazing how quickly our brains process that as, you know, this is normal, you know, that you shake or give a hug or whatever um, before starting a conversation. So then on Zoom, we're not able to do that. So it's basically the same as walking into that conference room and having that awkwardness because you didn't shake anybody's hand, you didn't give them a hug, you just start talking, okay? So it's it's just a little bit awkward in that way. And that's one of the things that our brain knows that's supposed to happen, but like we don't particularly know it's supposed to happen. So we just feel a little weird. We just feel a little awkward about it. So um, that's reason number one. So reason number two is you have to work hard to look interested in what's happening on Zoom. Now, this ties into my first point again about, you know, the very fine nuances that happen um, non-verbally in a conversation. So if you're talking with someone face-to-face, that person can kind of sit back in a chair like I'm doing and not necessarily convey to you that they're uninterested. They're just relaxing. They're still showing by their overall disposition that they're interested. Now on Zoom though, however, if you see somebody like totally slouched back in the chair, it just translates so differently, right? It's like, dang, they ain't even listening to this meeting what's going on right now, or maybe they don't feel good or whatever. It just doesn't translate the same way. And the reason is, is we can't pick up on all these nonverbal cues that happen. So um, we're not able to read the body language and therefore we have to you know, work a little harder. We're like, oh, I don't want anyone to think I'm not paying attention. I better sit up straight and I better look straight at the camera and everyone's looking at me. So it gives your body a lot of tension because when you have to sit up like that, you know, for an hour, two hours, it's a lot of work physically, right? And then all this that your brain is doing to process all of this behind the scenes as well. So that is something else that really contributes to a lot of Zoom fatigue. Just the fact that we've got to look interested. We've got to put more work than we normally would have to in a real face-to-face conversation to look interested, okay? So I feel like that one for me has been like a huge one, okay? Um, now, the third reason, okay, is another one that's very interesting because again, it ties into the psychology of conversing verbally and non-verbally here, all right? So with this one, we are not made to look at so many faces at one time. So number four, we're only really meant to look at one face at a time, okay, and study it, not 40 
10, 100 faces at a time. It's just like a stimulation overload for the brain. And to kind of point that out a little bit further, I'll give an example. Um, basically, statistically, um, you'll find these statistics in marketing research studies and things like that. Um, the most interesting thing to us as human beings is each other's faces. Okay, and there's so much research that supports that and just like a really like general like light statistic is, you know, um, in like digital marketing, the most looked at images are images of faces, other people's faces. So our brains are made to study faces like that's what our brains like to do as far as communicating and that's what we're drawn to is other human faces above anything else okay so now let's apply the fact that we know our brain is kind of meant to look at one face at a time let's say you're standing up at a real place right prior to COVID, and you were having a conversation with someone it's almost like in a movie where everybody else fades into the background, right? And your only main focus when you're talking to that person is their face, not everybody else's face, right? So again, look at how beautiful and detailed that is, that our brain just automatically puts that person in the forefront and everybody else is just kind of in the background. Like we're not studying their face. We're just looking at this face right here, okay? So then with Zoom, what happens is now you've got like, let's say you've got a big meeting going on, you got like 40 faces on a flat plane, okay, which again, you know, this is the psychology behind this here, which you may know, is that we're actually designed to look at 3D objects. So with any type of device, okay, just backstory here, any type of device or anything you're looking at like that. The one main issue with it and why screen time and decreasing it is so important is you've got too much information in a small space. Our eyes and our brains want to take in one 3D object like a little bit at a time. We want to study that one thing, okay? Versus when you're looking at, you know, let's say, for example, Instagram, where you've got like hundreds of pictures in a very small, confined, one-dimensional area, it's making the brain dance like not harmoniously it's like just a little, it's jeering we don't really feel that because our brains are so good at adapting and in like in a split second it's like oh i'm looking at this psycho instagram thing let me adjust and then you know you're fine but um that's what happens so when we're on zoom we got 40 faces on a one-dimensional plane okay and our brains because this is how we're designed we're designed to look at all those we want to look at all those faces so instead of looking at one and taking in all the details we're trying to look at all of these ones on us at the same time because our brain is telling us like this is one thing but in actuality you're looking at 40 different people so i hope i'm doing a good job of explaining that but yeah you know looking at so many faces and a very small confined area is just jeering to the brain because it just works against the way we're just naturally wired up, which is to study and really look at one beautiful individual at a time. So um, yeah, that is another reason why Zoom can become overwhelming because now your brain is like, oh my goodness, look at all these faces and what are they doing? What's that face doing? Who's that face? Uh, you know, it's just like, sensory overload. 
So again, this stuff is really interesting to me, just, you know, the, the fine details behind, you know, why things affect us the way that they do, okay? So that was the fourth reason, okay? So let's go on, oh, excuse me, now I'm on the fourth reason, okay? So talking over each other. That is the fourth reason that Zoom can be exhausting. Now, for me, this is like the biggest one on the list for me because when you're talking, when people are talking over each other on Zoom, it becomes so overwhelming, okay, for me and I know for you too. Now, why are we though talking over each other on Zoom? You know, that doesn't happen as much in a real conversation, right? Well, why? Here's why. Because again, in a real conversation, you're able to read the body language around the person and there's nonverbal cues that we are giving to each other and the rhythm of the conversation that let us know when it's our turn to talk and when it's the other person's turn to talk. So again, our buddy Zoom is just giving us way too much at one time. So we can't actually tell when it's our turn to talk. Okay, we can't tell because we can't see enough of the body language because it's on a flat compressed surface unless it's something very you know um expressive like someone's sitting there with their head down or you know maybe they're doing a gesture or something where you can obviously tell but just generally speaking on zoom you know you're not able to really read people's body language and so because we can't read people's body language we miss out on those cues and we don't know when it's our turn to talk and so we're kind of like looking around okay somebody gonna say something okay my my turn uh, and then maybe that person didn't see you because they're looking at you know one of the other 40 photos on the screen and not your picture tile and they didn't even see you were trying to talk and they just go right in there and you're like oh, I was just about to say something so that feeling of like hey I'm about to say something and someone just bam bulldozes you <laughs> like that and a lot of times it's just unintentional that is frustrating right it's draining because when we go to say something in a crowded room it's like, it takes energy. We got to get up our courage and we've like thought about what we're going to say for a second. And again, all this stuff happens in just a split second. Yeah, that one I just really find interesting. You know, it's like very hard to kind of judge on Zoom when to talk, you know? So again, I really um, prefer the meetings where you can kind of raise a hand and, you know, the host of the meeting is aware of when the hand is up and then you can kind of all just take turns. It's a much more organized way to do it. And then you get a lot less Zoom fatigue that way. But yeah, the talking over each other, I just, is really hard for me as I'm more of a bubbly, like optimistic, outgoing person, but I'm not the type of person to interrupt when people talk and to try to like, make my point so much that I have to force myself into a conversation. That's just what it feels like to me sometimes with certain um, Zoom events that I've been on. And yeah, it's just, it's just not for me. So, and you probably understand that as well. Um, okay, so this brings us to our fifth point, which is the people who don't know how to use Zoom. <laughs> or don't know how to mute themselves, I should say. Um, that causes a lot of stress and anxiety for everyone on the Zoom because it interrupts the meeting, right? And when we're trying to pay attention and there's something distracting happening, again, it just gives our brains more work to do, which makes our bodies tense up. And we're like, oh, this is so stressful. Why are they doing this? Eh. So 
Um, yeah, the people who don't know how to use Zoom. And, you know, sometimes we just have to laugh it off. You know, everybody's trying their best. We could definitely be understanding. And for the most part, it's fine. But sometimes when big snafus happen, you know, and it's like something that maybe goes on for like 10 minutes, it's like, oh, it's just draining, right? You're just like, why is this happening? Let's get this together. So, um, yeah, the lack of knowledge of technology is definitely one that causes a lot of stress and anxiety to all of the people who are using that particular Zoom. Okay, so now that we know like what the five reasons are, okay, let's talk about what we can do um, to kind of combat this, okay? So one solution that really stood out a lot to me is spending less time on other social platforms and focusing more of your energy for the time that you have to be on Zoom. Like me, I have to be on, um, two days a week are like absolutely mandatory, but I do participate daily in smaller Zoom meetings as well that are like a little bit more optional. So um, pretty much every day of the week, like I'm on Zoom from anywhere from 15 minutes to a couple of hours. So um, for me, this is something that I saw the need to implement for myself because when I'm on my Zoom meetings, I want to enjoy them, you know, and I want to like not be too tired on them or feeling like, oh, when is this going to end? You know, that's no fun. Um, so I was like, you know what? I need to make some adjustment here. So reducing my social media use, in particular my Instagram use, has really helped with that. Um, I kind of have like specific days and times that I try to stick to unless my schedule is a little bit more free, but um, that has really helped out a lot. So I would definitely um, encourage you to do that one as well. And then with that thought, I do have some other information that I want to share with you. Um, there was an article on Harvard Business, I believe, that does a pretty good job of, um, sharing some things that we could do to combat Zoom fatigue. So first, you know, it kind of just starts into, you know, Zoom fatigue a little bit and ask the question, you know, why do we find video calls so draining? In part is because they force us to focus more intently on conversations in order to absorb information. They also require us to stare directly at a screen for minutes at a time without any visual or mental break. And that in itself is tiring, okay? So now, what can we do, okay? So they mentioned avoid multitasking. Now, that's something I'm guilty of. I'd be trying to multitask all the time. And it's really not good to do that. Um, you know, for some of my like secular Zoom meetings, I will try to multitask and be like, I can get this done and that done. But um, yeah, it's not good to do because it's dividing your attention. And they do share a research study here so it says, because you have to turn certain parts of your brain off and on for different types of work, switch between tasks and cost you as much as 40% of your productive time. Researchers at Stanford found that people who multitask can't remember things as well as their more singularly focused peers. So long story short, um, you're going to reduce your productivity by 40%, and then you're not going to remember um, whatever it is you're working on as well as if you just focus on it um, singularly. So that is absolutely true. I'm sure you would agree with that and may have experienced that yourself, okay? So then the article goes on to talk about um, reducing on-screen stimuli, which is huge, okay? Um, kind of like what I was talking about with reducing maybe some of your social media usage and 
saving up all that energy for Zoom. Now you may say, well, Instagram ain't the same as Zoom. That's not draining. Well, the thing is though, is remember what I kind of said in the outset is your brain still processes it in a very similar way because you're looking at so much information in a very confined area. You know, you're looking at a lot of faces on Instagram, on Facebook, on wherever. And that's a lot of work for your brain. That's a lot of compensating. That's a lot of working against nature that your brain has to do to actually do that, that you're unaware of. So then when you have to go on Zoom and do the same thing with the voice layer added, because Instagram and Facebook, for the most part, are silent unless you want them, unless you enable your sound, right? But when you're on Zoom, like it's, it's all that Instagram has to offer, plus the voice part of it, you're hearing all these voices as well. So it's a lot of mental work that we're not aware of. Um, but I think this is um, good for us to keep in mind so that we're, we're aware and we can adjust. Okay. Another thing it talks about is for social, just like, you know, keeping up with people, opt for like phone calls instead of like FaceTime. Now, FaceTime, I love, and it's a great thing to do, especially like keep in touch with family and things like that. But if you feel like you're getting tired, you can use these opportunities instead of using like FaceTime or whatever, use, just try to do some phone calls. It's a lot less draining because you're just focusing on that voice. You can lay down. I often like lay down when I'm making a phone call. The only problem is it's hard for me to stay awake when I do that because I am exhausted all of the time. So, and then I start talking in circles and all kinds of weird things happen, but you know, I don't leave that situation feeling drained, you know, and, and I don't think whoever I'm talking to does either. So, you know, um, okay, let's move along here. Um, the other thing that they also mention is, you know, these tips might be hard to follow, but if you take these steps, Overall, it is going to prevent you from feeling so exhausted. So, you know, if you want to progress, right, sometimes you got to do something different. You got to put in some work, got to figure it out. You know, nothing's going to just be handed to you and everything. So if you're feeling anxious, stressed, getting headaches and all that stuff from Zooming um, all day, every day, you know, use some of this stuff. Use some of these tips and see what you could do. Okay. Now, the next thing that I wanted to point out is actually just um, a little blurb that I saw in this um, BBB article. And it says, so how can we alleviate Zoom fatigue? Both experts suggest that limiting video calls to those that are necessary. Turning on that camera, um, sometimes that's an option as well. And um, building some transition periods in between meetings can also help you refresh. So for me, sometimes I have like multiple Zoom calls in one day. So then for me, the way I build in some transition time is when I'm on, when I'm off of Zoom and I'm done with it, in between going on to my next Zoom, I have like a no technology policy. I'm like, don't touch the phone, don't touch the TV, don't touch anything. Just like get off of all things digital until my next call. And then once I'm done with my next call, if I don't have another one, then I'll go ahead and plug back in, check my phone, text and do all that stuff. But, you know, sometimes you just have to balance it like this. Some days I'm able to do it all and some days I'm not. So basically I just follow with my body on the days that I'm exhausted. I go, you know what? I'm exhausted. I'm going to have to like be more conscious of my Zoom use and social media use today. 
and roll with it like that. Okay. Sometimes that's just what we have to do. All right. All right. So I want to just kind of recap again, what the five reasons are that are causing Zoom fatigue, because when you're aware of the reasons behind things, you're able to see the need a little bit more to adjust and you can identify like what you need to adjust, right? So let's start with the number one again, which was remember, we don't have that icebreaker physical touch happening before we start a conversation. So that is, you know, one reason. And that is just something that is, you know, human nature that kind of consoles us before we start having a conversation. And that does not happen on Zoom. Okay. Number two is it is hard to look interested when you're on Zoom and we're got to work physically and mentally <laughs> to present ourselves as being invested in the conversations on Zoom. So that in itself leads to some physical and mental fatigue, okay? Um, the third reason is that um, our brains are really made to just focus on one face at a time, not a bunch of faces at a time, okay? So just remember that. Just know that anytime you're using Zoom or social media, it's faces, 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 and you're overloading your brain. You're giving your brain a lot of work to do looking at so many faces at one time. It's better when we can just kind of focus on one, but you know, this is a pandemic, so we got to do what we got to do, but it's important to know the reason behind why it's, it's giving us some like sensory overload in that department. Okay. So the fourth reason is talking over each other on Zoom Unless they're doing the raise hand thing, which I love, I'm all about the raise hand thing, you got to fight <laughs> to jump into the conversation and that anticipation and all of that is, is stress. And sometimes I find myself just holding my breath, like, when is it my turn? Okay, I'm going to jump in there right now, you know, so it's, it's just a little difficult. So that is the fourth reason. And then the fifth reason um, that Zoom is gives us some fatigue is the people who don't know how to use Zoom. And we've all been there. You know, maybe we were first getting acquainted with Zoom a couple months back, but um, we're feeling a little bit better now overall. And we're definitely patient with those who can't. But even though we're patient with them, it still causes us a little bit of stress at the same time, truth be told. Okay. All right, guys. So now just again, to recap the solution, the overall solution of what you want to do to kind of address this is to be more mindful of your screen time. So, you know, taking away extra screen time that you don't need and kind of saving your ideal times for those meetings on Zoom that are actually important. Okay. All right, ladies. So I hope this information has been helpful to you and giving you some things to think about, you know, I, of course, here on the podcast, you know, our goal, of course, is for all of us to engage in this way and then also, you know, encourage each other and build each other up. And I hope that this information um, can do that for you today. All right, ladies, thanks so much for listening to Work It Mommy. Have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode. 